You maybe have heard that uh, Loretta Lynn, uh, the country icon, country music icon, has has had ties to our region. Lived in Custer when she was young, but uh, there are other some some other big names in country music that have connections to Northwest Washington. And Stephanie Clifford is a New York Times best-selling novelist. She's written a book about some of these artists and and their connection here to our region. And Stephanie, great to talk with you. So good to talk to you. So the book is The Farewell Tour, huh? That's right. And it's out uh, now, hitting shelves. I know um, Village Books in Bellingham has it. Uh, and a lot of local booksellers around around your area have been really excited about it. Well, the, I mentioned Loretta Lynn. Who are some of the other big names that people might recognize that... Um, you know, have either been here or had, have ties to our area? Yeah, it, there was this wonderful moment in the 1950s when Tacoma and around it, Puyallup, um, up to Bellingham, were sort of a center of country music. And I didn't know about this before I started research for the book, which is a novel. But in the 1950s, Buck Owens, the California country great, was up in, was running a, a small radio station in Puyallup. Don Rich, who became Buck Owens' guitar player, who's just this incredible country electric guitar player, uh, was a high schooler who was, like, hitting the honky-tonk circuit. His mom would drive him around <laughs> to appearances. <laughs> um, Loretta Lynn, of course, was out here. She was a teenager, just married, and her husband was working in logging, and so she was starting to play some appearances. She played with Buck Owens. And so I put the main character of this, story of the farewell tour into this honky-tonk scene of 1950s Washington State. Um, she's, she's a Walla Walla native, uh, goes over to western Washington to join in the honky-tonk scene. It was so much fun diving into this wonderful time in Washington history. So it's it's a, a fictional book, I take it, but, um, but uh, written around the actual history of this area. That's right. It's fiction, but it's pretty deeply researched historical fiction. So you see Lillian, the main character, during World War II in Tacoma at her radio station, for instance, when news of Pearl Harbor comes in. Um, You see her in Depression-era Walla Walla, where her parents are trying to hang on to their family farm. Uh, And then you see her eventually go on to Bakersfield, California, which was the center of California country, and finally to Nashville in the 1960s, where she meets back up with Loretta, um, things with some other country greats like Mel Tillis and Johnny Cash and some of those legends of country. It's interesting to hear uh, about these young country artists and, uh, like you said, their mother or their parents taking them to honky-tonks where they could perform. And I mean, you think about that, it probably wouldn't happen today, you know, if you're oh my gosh. a kid. Like I was... <laughs> even I know, no matter how talented, you're probably not going to be playing in our modern version of honky-tonks. Yeah, I don't think your mom's going to be, like, waiting in the station wagon while you tear it up on stage. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Really interesting how some of these youngsters got, got going and got experience in, in front of an audience. It's incredible. And th- some of them started so young. I mean, a lot of the country stars of that era, by the time they were teenagers, they were out on the road and touring. It's just wild to think of how, how young and inexperienced a lot of them were. So did other greats in the country music industry back in that time, that classic time, did they perform up in this area and uh, in, in some of these same venues? They did, yeah. There was a real dance hall circuit in Washington, thanks in part to um, to the Depression. And then after the Depression, there was uh, a lot of migrants coming in to work 
vegetables and fruit up in Washington, and they would do the whole circuit down to California, Oregon, you know, lettuce, strawberries, apples, whatever it was. Um, And those migrants brought with them a lot of Appalachian music, a lot of Southern American music, and that really fueled this dance hall craze of the 40s and 50s. So that's where you see Buck Owens, Loretta, all of those stars are touring on on that circuit. It was known as the kerosene circuit because a lot of the places at one point didn't have electricity. Um, They'd be in dance halls and church basements and uh, schools really... I, I I just wish I could have been there to see some of that music being played. It must have been incredible. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's uh, like when you think about the, as these artists get a start in in these and become these these legendary performers, and to have seen them in those days in those little venues, what how special that would have been. But yeah, it, it, and what it, was also nice is that Washington was such a counterpoint to Nashville, where yeah. Nashville at the time was turning out very violiny, you know, choral almost country music and wonderful music, but very different than what Washington was turning out, which was this like hard rhythm, great beats, like real music for, for working people who wanted to just let loose a little bit after work. Um, so I, I just, I wish, wish I could be there for, for yeah. a night. Country country version of grunge, I guess we could call mm-hmm. it. <laughs> yeah. Now you're exactly fr- before yeah. grunge was grunge. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're from Washington state. That's right. I grew up in Seattle. Okay. So you know Bellingham. You know our areas pretty well, huh? My mom grew up in Bellingham. Um, yeah, I know it very well. So I and, and I take it you must love country music or have a soft spot in your heart for it to have embarked on this, you know, to, to write a novel around this, um, this art form. I, I do love it, but I've got to say I was an oddity growing up in Seattle when I did. It was it was the grunge era, and I actually fell in love with country music when I went. I was spending a summer in Arkansas working on trails in, in the forest there, and country music was, of course, all we could access on the um, car radio. And so that was when I really fell in love with it, and I came back to Seattle is the 90s everybody else is like Kurt Cobain like grunge is amazing which it is but I was listening to like George Jones and Tammy Wynette on, <laughs> on my on my cassette tape player um so it was it was actually so fun for me to find out about this unknown part of Washington history as I was researching the farewell tour and to learn that Washington had such a connection to it and after after I learned that it made sense because Washington is of course everything that country music is about, right? It's it's trains and travel in the West and farm work and all of these elements that you hear over and over in country songs. And after I after I learned about that connection, I was like, that makes complete sense that, that Washington was this hot spot for country. Yeah, we got our share of pickup trucks and broken hearts up here. <laughs> exactly. And whiskey. So, Good whiskey. And, yeah, and whiskey for sure. And uh but it is interesting as you say, I mean you think country music, think Nashville and, and everything <laughs> is centers around that city, but uh interesting to hear that there was such an influence the uh, Pacific Northwest. And then you mentioned Bakerfield Bakersfield, California too. That that seems just kind of a a whistle stop uh, east of Los Angeles, but that was a kind of a hot spot too, huh? That's right, it, because that again um, got a lot of migrant workers from Oklahoma, from the Dust Bowl. Uh, there was both agriculture and oil around Bakersfield, and it became this honky tonk um, paradise for a while. It was where Buck Owens played, of course. It was where Merle Haggard played when he got out of prison. Um, <laughs> 
it was a, I mean, I'm laughing because it was a tough, it was a tough time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tell, but, uh-huh. but really ended up shaping all of the California sound that came after it, like shaped the Eagles, shaped Graham Parsons. So it was incredibly influential. Well, it's interesting too, how music and this, this genre, obviously, and, um, and we think of blues and, and jazz even having come from, you know, not, not elite society, but rather people hard, you know, the middle class or, or hard work and blue collar Americans and, uh, and how this music just sort of be, was just sort of just, um, genetic and, 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 and organically came from these, uh, hardworking, uh, you know, segments of our population. Yeah, that's exactly right. And there's so much, we, we tend to think of them as very separate genres, geogra- geographically and sound-wise, blues, jazz, country. But especially back then, there was so much overlap between them. And you see that in the Farewell Tour when, when Lil is kind of educating herself in country history and music history. She's also listening to jazz. She's also listening to blues and saying like, oh, my God, they're singing about the same thing as I sing about in country. And there's a real connection to these other um, working class songs about strife and poverty and real life. Yeah. Well, it sounds like a fascinating book. It's The Farewell Tour. Uh, Stephanie Clifford is the author. She's uh, from Seattle, from the Northwest here. And uh, really great to have you here, Stephanie. And you said it's a, the book is available now? It's available now, yeah. It's a Village Books. It's at uh, independent booksellers. It's Barnes & Noble, Amazon, wherever you wherever you prefer to get your books. All right. Well, good luck with it. And if you get up here, come on and see us here at uh, KGMI. I will. Thanks so much.